Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday as Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial. Return to local programming for the next couple of hours. We appreciate you spending some of your morning here with Trent and myself. The BMW of Des Moines guest list today looks like it does on a lot of Mondays. Uh, we'll talk to our friend Scott Dockerman for The Athletic. Doc has been very, very busy pumping out content. Uh, he was at uh, the Hawks and Minnesota yesterday, Carver Hawkeyes, who will get a uh, his take on that game, uh, get into the football program as well. He's done a lot on the Big Ten scheduling-wise on what it may look like, as apparently we're on the precipice of maybe having some changes for those of us who thought that uh, Indiana was game number one. Uh, maybe tap the brakes on that a little bit. So Scott Darkman at the bottom of the hour. The top of hour number two, Bama Bob, Trent, and I, We'll take a good long look, a look rather, at the national championship game tonight. Alabama is up to a nine-point favorite, uh, depending on where you play. There are a couple of eight-and-a-half still out there, but majority of them at nine. At least that's what it was 15 minutes ago when I checked. The lack of buzz surrounding this game uh, is certainly something. Uh, that we will discuss, at least seemingly in the Midwest, anyways, Des Moines. Uh, and then we'll talk to Dave Sproul. Not a ton of time on the Texas Tech-Iowa State disaster from this past weekend, but maybe, and might be the biggest news of the weekend, uh, despite the Super Saturday, or the Super uh, Wild Card weekend, and it was outstanding for the most part. I mean, the, the news that Iowa State got this weekend, Trent, one after another. They're all coming back. Kohler's back. Kohler's back. Iceworth's back. back. They're all coming back. So of the two deep, I, I saw something over the weekend. Of the two deep. I saw the same thing you did, and I have it in front of me. So what? what so 44 players, and six of them are missing? Seven, eight, something uh, like that? On offense, the only starter uh-huh. that has said he's leaving is Dylan Saner. Okay. Uh, back up. Brees Hall's back up. We know Nwango mm-hmm. is leaving. I'm not sure there's been an announcement from Landon Akers, but hasn't he a six-year guy to begin with? I think so, yeah. I think yeah. he is, too. So I would anticipate he leaves. Lawrence White and Jaquan Bailey both moved on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arnold Azuna is in the transfer portal. And Jaquan Bailey's brother, Joshua Bailey, is also moving on. So starters, Jaquan Bailey, Lawrence White, who had Goodyear, mm-hmm. and Dylan Saner. Trent, they're all back. They're all back. They're all back. When is when are one of the? I mean, we have how many books? How many sports books are now in the state? You brought this up last week. Mm-hmm. You're 100 right. When is somebody going to hang a Cyhawk line? And when they do, make sure to uh, reach out to us because we will talk about it. Absolutely, I think any everybody will be talking about the. Look, we're going to spend so much time on the most anticipated Cyhawk game for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Both teams are good. We had it taken away from us last year due to the pandemic. Um, Post a line. I remember the the day that we were at uh, Prairie Meadows for the launch of sports wagering. August was it fifteenth? It was August fifteenth. Yes, August the fifteenth and um, of two thousand and eighteen. And we, I had Nick Bogdanovich. I was doing the afternoon show with Ross. Uh, I don't know where Chris was. He might have been doing something. I don't know where he was. Uh, but it was it was Peter. It was Petey and I and Nick Bogdanovich, the uh, line maker at William Hill. 
had him on and reminded him that you guys, the very next day after the Super Bowl, put out a line, AFC, minus three over the NFC. Mm-hmm. Our Super Bowl is the Seahawks game. Why don't you do that? You know, that's a great idea. I never thought of that. We'll have to do that. Well, still, yeah. nothing. Um, somebody's got to do it. And you know who I think might do it? And I hope Sean brought I don't know if Sean gets a chance to listen to our show. He's got a full-time job. But, right. But he was the one that reached out to DraftKings last week and mm-hmm. wanted to know how much money was bet on some of the bowl games. So he's obviously got a pipeline there. Um, some DraftKings should hang a line. Put a line up. Whoever it is. Yeah, it's low minimums. You know, yeah. you know, some of you can bet 10000 on it. But yeah. yeah, we have a pretty good idea what the rosters are going to look like at this point. We know where the game is going to be played. We do. Could there be an adjustment? I don't think so from an Iowa State perspective. No, I don't think so. I would probably have to beg and plead a little bit if they do have a lot of changes with the possibility of the Indiana game moving off week one, yada, yada, yada. But overall, so Iowa State favored in the game, right? Yes. Yes. By more than a field goal? Yes. How much more? Not much. What did I say? What did we, didn't you ask me this the other I think day? six is where I you think, were at. And, and I was and at you four said and a half. Four and a half. And I think it's somewhere in there. Yeah. I think it's somewhere in there. Right in that middle range. Uh-huh. Not was, a touchdown, not a field goal. Iowa State is going to be, well, tomorrow when we wake up or tomorrow, maybe during our show, we'll get the final rankings. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be a top 10 team. There is going to they are going to be somewhere in the top 10. And then next year, I think we you gave me uh, kind of a. A block. I think I took eleven to fifteen. Yeah, you went sixteen to twenty somewhere in there for next year. Iowa, likewise. I think you were a little. Uh, either you were twenty to twenty-five. I was somewhere in the upper teens. But regardless, it's going to be off the chain, and we've got lots to talk about. We'll save that for another day. Yes, uh, nine to three Iowa State team coming off the season they had road games next year at K State. Yeah, at Oklahoma. Right at Tech at West Virginia. Okay. It's not right. bad. You nope. get five at home. Oh, at Baylor. Sorry. Mm-hmm. They have that one at the top of the list. Another four grouped together. But five on the road next year. And, of course, the Iowa game at home. And at UNLV. Oh, that that's, is that week three? That is week three. Oh, boy. I hope uh, everything's back to normal and I shots know. are going in arms and people want to get the shot in the arm and they want to get on the airplane. And <laughs> what a weekend that'll be. Oh, yeah. What if the Raiders will be home so you can double dip? Good question. When do we get NFL schedule? Well, it's normally before the draft. Okay. Now, this year was different sure. because of, well, this last past year was different for so many reasons. But normally, like a week or two before April. We know who the home games are going to be. We know the road games are going to be. We just don't know where they're going to be right. as far as on the uh, as far as far on the calendar. So probably in April. Boy, oh boy, Cologne fans going out there. Uh, to watch your uh, watch your team take on UNLV and and maybe just maybe uh, the Raiders are home the next day or you can get in the car and go to LA and you know there's going to be a game there because there's two teams there. Anyways, what have you got? Well, that's your story of the weekend. My story of the weekend does not involve the NFL. It does uh, not involve basketball? local team. A local team. Okay. It, it does involve the Big Twelve. Okay. But West Virginia, Texas, and Andrew Jones hitting. The oh three-pointer to win the game. Yeah, Three years to the day he announced he had leukemia. Oh, I didn't know that. Three years the to the day that the announcement came out wow. that he was getting ready to undergo chemotherapy for leukemia. Wow. What a story yeah. that was. And What a game that was. It was. Now, if you're on the West Virginia side, it wasn't quite as good <laughs> right. as I was, blowing a seven-point lead in the last 30 seconds, but here we are. And, and uh, Deshibwe is now a wildcat. Did you see that? Oh, that's Committed official? to Kentucky, yes. Made it official last night. Shocker, huh? Yeah. 
the rich get even richer, and Kentucky finally started to play some yeah, better they basketball. Are. What, they won three in a row or something yeah. like that? All in SEC play. But that, to me, just the story mm-hmm. of it. Young man, they showed some pictures of him throughout the broadcast. As I was, that was the kind of flip back and forth between that and the football game. And just seeing what he looked like at the time, seeing him in his hospital gown, oh, geez. dribbling the ball between his legs in his, in his room. Yeah. And then to do that and finish it off of that fashion, it choked me up. Good for him. Yeah. It was, for, I wish I would have known that. It was really, really good. The only three pointers of the game were hit by him from mm. Texas. They hit four. All of them came from Andrew Jones. Mm. It was an incredible performance there. And that was my story. As fun as the NFL was, as fun as having yeah, six playoff great. games, that was incredible. Yeah, the NFL was terrific. It was a uh, look. It was a fun weekend. Mm-hmm. I uh, I wonder is is this the norm going forward? It is. Did they announce though Did even they? before the pandemic that seven was what they were going to? I hope so. I thought so. I'm almost positive that's something that happened before oh, the it was pandemic. Great. Yes. It was absolutely great. Loved it. Um, how about Heineke for for Washington? What what a guts. Now, as is, is a Bears fan, you've got to be. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how does this happen? Right? <laughs> yeah. he, he tried he, out he, for the Bears. Did he really? He had a tryout with the Bears. Wow. I know he tried out for the Patriots, and uh, he, he right. met Brady uh, in the film room at 5.30 in the morning, walked in thinking he was going to be first, and there's the goat <laughs> already there. Uh, but Taylor Heineke played at Old Dominion. I'd never heard of him. I, I'd never heard of him. I just remember him with the Vikings, and I don't know if maybe it was a preseason game that I saw or something. Yeah. That's the only reason that I remember the name at all. Oh. Athletic dude, run around a little bit. The touchdown run was Trent, incredible. He looked like he belonged. He did. Not a big dude. No, six, he's six foot six one, somewhere in there. Is he a starter next year, though? We've seen oh, these kind of good question. glimpses. Yeah. Matt McGloin. Oh, yeah. boy, he looked, you know, for stretches, he right. looked pretty good. And they sucked. Yeah. We've seen this Is before. Is he Trevor Simeon, that type of player? Right. Oh, boy, he played a good game. Uh-huh. It takes more than a good game to be a pretty starter. Pretty big stage there. Gets a pretty big defense. Did. You know, I mean that was that was a that was a good game. I Speaking mean, of those two what, places, was it two points or something in yeah. the middle of the third quarter. That was a tight game. New England, Chicago, either of those places rather have him than the incumbents. Oh God, you're Bears, man. Jesus. New England. Uh, now, did, did, what, what did Cam Newton finish up with? Nine oh, touchdown passes this year. Yeah, he was he, he was terrible. So help me help me out with the Bears just on this one play. We'll we'll you know dissect it, and, and I know we will on Wednesday when Cappy joins us. Mm-hmm. Was Trubisky pushed out of bounds on that fourth down play when he ran no. out of bounds? Was he nudged at all? He I, did not do that on his own. No. Yeah, I think it was just kind of the angle of it that he knew if he was if he tried to cut back and get the first, he would have been crunched. Yeah. I think more than anything, that's what it was. It was more. So it was a prudent. It was a business decision. Self preservation. Yeah. Because right. in real time, what in God's that's, name is he yes. doing? And it was tough because it was on the the near side sideline. So. Where yeah, the cameras helmets were. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Cameras are both, yeah. But I, I just, from a different angle, it looked like, yeah, that you do that, you're going to be lit up oh. in a big time way. No. He's going to be lit up <laughs> whether he gets lit up from, yeah. a, uh, from a member of the Saints or from the people that are watching the game. Oh, my gosh. That was a frustrating one. It was. That was there for the taking. The first half of that game, yeah. The first, the first half, they went to the locker room trend seven three, and very well should have been ten seven. Uh-huh. Bears with the lead with the drop touchdown, but oh Anthony Miller gets ejected. What is it with the teams that I cheer for and guys getting ejected in playoff games? Eddie Rosario, 
for the Twins getting yeah. ejected against the Astros, mm-hmm. and now Anthony Miller get stop getting ejected from playoff games, you morons. That was selfish. Come on, I mean, especially look at the roster. Mooney's out. I mean, you, they were counting on you. Mm-hmm. They were counting on you, and uh, he he wasn't there at the, at the finish. Um, does it seem to, to to you like it seems to me that this could not work out any better for the defending champs, the reigning champs? Again, just had their path paved to the AFC Championship game. I, I would have much rather them have to go through the Ravens and then potentially the Bills mm-hmm. to get to the Super Bowl. Now I get the Browns. I mean, the Browns. Did are you nice watch story. the Browns? Of course, I watched the Browns. So, <laughs> what are the things that the Chiefs struggle with? Well, they struggle to stop the run. They do. And there's what a can the guys Chiefs? Coming. What can the Browns do? Well, they can run absolutely. But Baker Mayfield. Look, there's gonna, the Browns will score. Mm-hmm. The Browns are absolutely going to score. And to be fair, both starting corners were COVID last night for the Brownies. Right. Starting left guard, two cornerbacks, and their head coach yeah. uh, couldn't answer the bell. How about the uh, offensive line coach that, uh, that took over? He's like some intern. And because their real offensive line coach is in quarantine, there's some kid out there eh, put a Browns cap on him. Dude looked like he was 20 years old, just wow. had no clue. He's out there running things and an offensive line that played incredibly well, too. They did, and uh, the, uh, the right tackle, starting right tackle, went down uh, in the game, pulled his hamstring. What's his la- I can't think of his name. Anyways, we'll see if he can answer the bell. I, I hope you're right. I, I hope that this is a good football team, but um, or a good football game, but the uh, Cleveland against Kansas, a rested Kansas City team. You're asking a lot of Baker Mayfield. Landry was terrific in the game. I mean, the start of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus, what an incredible pouncy. Snaps the ball over Ben Roethlisberger, who has to have played his last game. You know what I think we're on, Trent? I think we are, we've come to the end of the 2004 quarterback draft class. No Eli left last year. With two Super Bowl rings. Mm-hmm. The two left standing are Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger, who's also got a couple of Super Bowl rings. Doesn't it seem to you that, I mean, if, if Roethlisberger and Rivers are going to play, I think that they're going to be playing for a different team. If Roethlisberger comes back and they don't do anything, it's $41 million against the cap. Oh, wow. $41 million I didn't realize that. Against the cap. That is Huge, huge Ridiculous hit. there. And the punishment that this guy has taken mm-hmm. over the years, and he's had... He's he's a statue, but he's tough to get on the ground, and I love that about him. So, speaking of Phil Rivers and him hanging it up, so we get to the end of the game. Mm-hmm. We've seen this before. We saw it during the game where Jacoby Brissett comes in to do quarterback sneaks, yep. and he's also come in to throw Hoyle Marys because Phil Rivers doesn't have. Were you surprised that he that he threw the ball and Mike Hyde threw it because it down? Yes, because I was it, watching it, it with short. my wife, and I said, "Well, here comes Brissett, right. last play," and she kind of and we I explained this mm-hmm. has happened before. He just can't throw it that far, and then Rivers stayed out there. Yeah, and he gets. I wonder the ball if Brissett was throwing line. the ball on the sideline at all before that. Yeah, wonder if he, he had to be. A I would ready, like though. to think. Yeah, or is it just hey, let's go down with our guy? Mm-hmm. Well, it looked for a while like they were going to get in field goal range. I thought they were, and then Blankenship would have an opportunity to come out and tie the football game. How about the decision end of the second quarter to not kick the field goal, fourth and goal from yeah, the four? I know. And There's a lot of those all weekend long. There was a lot of those. There were the decision by Tomlin not to go for two mm-hmm. when they cut it to twelve or thirteen. Tomlin punting the way he punted. At that the end was of the even f- more egregious. Awful. And there was another punt. And which game was it? There was a. Oh, it was the Titans Ravens game, wasn't it? Oh yeah, 
Just, I mean, they're at the 38, 39-yard line. And what you're is Vrabel doing? I have no idea because I thought he was pretty good. I think he's a pretty good coach, but boy, oh, boy, he had a brain he's fart there. Tough guys, aggressive coaches and everything, but fourth down decisions. Mm-hmm. Come on. We know the math now. It's not difficult anymore. We know what the math says. The math says go for yep. it. And they continually don't. But it was different, I thought, with the Colts. Yeah, it's a 13-7 lead if they would have kicked the field goal there. And how about that drive out of Josh Allen to end the half Jeez. to give them the lead? Unbelievable. He's so good. The a- how, how does this happen? What's that? Josh Allen goes from, let's be honest, he was garbage his first two years. Uh, a completion yes, percentage hovering yeah. no, I agree. at 53% in the NFL is terrible. But he's... He, he, he was athletic. True. And he, there were times, but and we don't the see arm. this. Oh, yeah. But and we he, don't see this happen. But he needed coaching, and, and he finally got coaching. I mean, I have no idea whose quarterback coach was at Wyoming. Mm-hmm, right. I'm going to go on a limb and say he was a young kid. <laughs> right? Or, had or a little guy that had been yeah, bouncing around right. the whack in the Mountain West for but years. You, you get somebody... Is it Rogers, Aaron Rodgers' brother that's coaching him now? Or No, you know what it is? It's Carson Palmer's brother that's coaching him oh, now. Oh, okay. Um, that, that, uh, that he spent the, uh, the offseason working with. He's a different quarterback. Yes. Different quarterback. So your guy, Mitch Trubisky. My guy, Drew Locke. Relatively young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is the danger you can get yourself in, right? I'm sure there was Bills fans and maybe some Bills brass that wanted to run Josh Allen out of town. You know what? Uh, cut your losses. This guy's never going to make it. Yep. Look the quarterback he is now. He's going to be a fr- he is a franchise quarterback. Bills are going to keep this guy. They'll never forget about Jim Kelly. But this guy's going to be there for a long, long time. Um, Trubisky, eh. Drew Locke, eh. quarterbacks of that age. And by the way, look at the four main quarterbacks in the AFC compared to the NFC. Have you notice that Lamar Jackson, uh-huh. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Baker Mayfield. is it, Are any of them 25? Baker would probably be the only one, right? Okay, if he is, then go to the NFC. The youngster is Jared Goff, but then the next youngest is Aaron Rodgers at 37 or 38. Yeah. Drew Brees, 41 this week, and Tom Brady. So the AFC is loaded with 20-somethings and closer to 20 than 30. And then the four old men uh, that are going to do battle, with the exception of Goff, in the NFC. Baker is 25. Is he 25? He's, so he's, he's the oldest. He's the oldest of this group. Crazy. You're the Rams. You're, you don't like your, yeah. You're, Wolford you're, is. Trend, he passes, wasn't awful. No, no, not at all. Until he got hit. And after week 17, after that pick six right away to begin the game, mm-hmm. he was good. There were times I said, this is a good quarterback. You know what? You watch more of that game than that was Rams Cardinals, yes. right? Right. I was impressed by him against, I mean, what, above, probably an average Cardinals defense, what I guess would be fair. What were you doing watching that game? The Packers were playing the Bears. Because well, that was the my, was. yeah, the flipping back and forth, because if the Rams win, the Bears were automatically yeah, in, yeah, so that I was gotcha. my back and forth game. And I liked Wolford, and, and I liked him listening to Buck and Aikman, too, early in the game, when they were explaining their conversation with McVay, and these are the things you have to lift, listen a little more closely but, you know, they really like – McVay really likes mm-hmm. Wolford. I think more than anything that said, I really don't like Jared Goff right yeah. now. How about the two quarterbacks that went 1-2 in that draft? Wentz is in deep water. Oh, wow. He's probably out. And Goff, I, if and you're both have there, huge contracts. Huge contracts. Because both yep. showed those signs early. Yep. And got paid. And got that money. Yeah. Mitch didn't get paid in Chicago. Has he played his last game? No. And as a bear, I mean? No. He's you coming he's back. back? 
Two years, mm-hmm. $28 million. Mm. Few incentives in there. Bringing a veteran to ch- not not name Nick Foles. Nick, Nick no. Foles is at the end. They're going young. They're going young. Second, third round or something. Oh, so like they're going to grab somebody in this draft. In this they, draft, they got to have some. They got to have some veteran in the room, don't they? Oh, they'll have somebody around here, but nobody that. It'll just be a guy. It'll be a Matt Moore type, a, a, a Case Keenum. Yes, yes, somebody like that. Colt McCoy, uh-huh. one of those kind of guys. Placeholder, not going to fight mm-hmm. for the job, and then you develop the young guy. That you don't use a first-round draft pick because they finally have one of those back. Let's not go. Would you do Khalil Mack again? Would you give up the yes. bounty of picks? Yes, you would. I think so. Made the playoffs two out of three years. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good for this organization. Yeah, I don't know. You gave up a ton. No, uh, they would have screwed it up. Remember who's doing the drafting? <laughs> I mean, come on. You think Ryan Pace would have knocked those ones out of the park? Yeah, probably not. No. Uh, real quick on this. So the point spread in the Alabama Ohio State game it moved significantly over the weekend. It it uh, when the number was posted uh, after the uh, Sugar Bowl. And it became apparent that it was going to be Ohio State. It opened at what seven and a half, seven seven and a half. Yes, yeah, seven and, and a half is. Uh, I'm looking at the consensus line from Vegas Insider. And this was the open opener was seven and a half. It moved pretty quickly to seven, and then the buyback started with Alabama. This thing bounced between eight eight and a half for the longest time. Got up to nine. Ooh, when was that? Because I told you I bet it over the weekend and it was nine. Don't see a consensus here, but it looked like. So the way I've got I'm looking at it now. The win has it at nine. Mm-hmm. William Hill, eight and a half. Uh, DraftKings, nine. And that's where I was, was DraftKings. Okay. So it's been bouncing around a little bet bit. MGM, but eight and a half. What do you got, though? This I, I just wonder why it's going up. Is there COVID on Ohio State was the first thing that popped into my head. Are we going to get the kickoff tonight? I don't and think so. And they're going to. Um, you know, because of the lack of transparency in college football, mm-hmm. there's no injury reporter. We're going to find out at some point just prior to kickoff that there's a couple of starters that are on the on the COVID and can't play. I don't think so. Okay. I think this is more. You just think it's just product liability of Alabama? and it's Alabama. Okay, I think more than anything, that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. who's the team that's been able to beat Alabama recently? It's Clemson. Clemson's mm-hmm. not there anymore. No, but it's the quarterback who can throw the football that gives them fits. Well, he's also Florida. banged up. Yeah, he might, he is. It's his ribs. Um, how banged up is that? We're going to see on that. But I think more than anything, that's what it is. I don't, I don't think this is sharps that have information that a bunch of guys are out for the Buckeyes. At least I'm hopeful. Yeah, I guess me too. We'll find out at 7 o'clock, right? Yeah, me too. Uh, Sermon, uh, he needs to have the kind of game he's had mm-hmm. in both the Big Ten Championship and then again in the Sugar Bowl because he's been unbelievable. Of course, the running back on the other team's not bad in his own right. Uh, we've got uh, coming up here, we'll get a key word uh, momentarily. We will do that, and then we'll get into Scott Dockerman. Uh, just real quick before we get into Doc, um, I mean, Luca was Luca yes. in the game yesterday. Minnesota gave them fits for a while. This was a tight game for a while. Kate got back within five there late in the second half, too, with yep. three or four minutes to go. And then pulled away convincing. Where has C.J. Frederick been the last three games? After the performance he had on Christmas night, mm-hmm. then he followed that up with who was next? Was it Rutgers or Northwestern? North- Northwestern. Western. And he played very well against Northwestern. And then the last three games kind of been... You know, I I mean, he hasn't done much. He hasn't. Now, part of that is because his defense, which has never been great, Uh went to an even worse level, and it's happened the last couple of games now. That's a part. He got pulled in the game against Maryland because his defense was atrocious, and I think we're seeing a little bit more of that showing up. Maryland, by the way? They're 2-5 and in the Big Ten. 
Oh, how did? Where are those two wins, Trent? Of course, Illinois yesterday on yes. the road, and Wisconsin at the Colson. Let me think about that. Everybody else they lose to. Yeah. Go on the road to your mo- two most difficult games. Those are the ones you get wins. <laughs> but for Frederick, I think we got a little ahead of ourselves. The second best player on the team yes. conversation, and yeah. I, I tried to scoff at that as much as I yeah. could at the time. Yeah. He's a really good shooter. Yeah, he is. He can get to the rim from time to time, but he's not a very good defender. Mm-mm. And when the shot's not going down, there isn't a whole lot that he does. You look at, yes, he's a, not a rebounder. He's a small two guard. He's not going to be a big, mm-hmm. but the numbers are really bad at that end. We talked about the defensive numbers. There are parts of his game that aren't real strong, and with this team, they got so many other weapons. When you're not going right, you're not going to play a whole lot, and I think it's it's turning into that. Frederick's going to be there, and I love his moxie. Mm-hmm. I love his drive. I love I love his John. But when it's not going right, when the shots aren't going down, there are too many limitations. Just get him out there and playing still 32 minutes a game. Yeah, his last three have not been C.J. Frederick-like. Uh, Bo Hannon. Jesus, what a game. 14. the assists? No turnovers. Now, he should have right. had one. They gave one to Keegan. That oh, should have got they? It, but yeah. yeah. Okay, I didn't notice. <laughs> yeah, that's the difference between being a senior and a <laughs> right. freshman with whoever's keeping the stats in Iowa City. But still, <laughs> right. 14 to, even if it was 14 to 1. Absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. That pass from Connor in yeah. the post, in transition. Mm-hmm. You can see when he did it, and he kind of turned his head like, yeah, I, I'm the only one that can get that pass through there. This team's got a swagger to Yeah, them. they do. They can score. Mm-hmm. They're getting better defensively. You're seeing moments. And, and even with Bohannon, another guy that's not great on the defensive end, you can see from the get-go he was working hard. And that's something I don't think we saw a ton of early on. you got to feel that he is feeling closer to healthy now, 100%, and just... Getting your legs back underneath him. I, I think that's a big part of it, night. too. You know, I, early in the basketball game, Trent, I thought that, uh, boy, this Robbins-Garza uh, matchup is yeah. going to be tremendous. And it was for a while. But then, I don't know if Garza just wore him out. Because Robbins didn't have the impact down the stretch that he had early in that basketball game. He was really good. But then he couldn't make a shot to save his life. Yeah, took some jumpers. And uh-huh. I think that you nailed it, though. It's just Luca is going to do that, and by the end, and yeah. how many times have we seen the Rutgers game, a perfect example, this game? Yeah, there's times, all right, you see a little glimpses, but then there's that stretch where he is just mm. dominant, and I think it's a big part of that is wearing those big guys out, just the way he is so tenacious. He continually goes after you. You can't let up against him, or he is going to score, and we saw it again yesterday. He He's is going to pass Roy Marble in big time yes. play. Yeah, that'll happen maybe before we even get to March. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll see. We will take a timeout. Scott Dockerman's going to join us. But right now, for the first time this week, at least on this program, it's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword green to 200. 200 right now. It's your chance at $1,000 green to 200. 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Green to 200. 200. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Next, Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 107- Station 1460 KX and 0106.3 on the FM dial. Let's get to our friend Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Our Hawkeye conversation with Scott Dockerman with the doc is brought to us by our friends at Renters Warehouse. Hello, Scott Dockerman. How are you, sir? 
I am great this fine Monday morning. I hope you all are well as well. Indeed we are. So on a scale of 1 to 10, where's your excitement factor over tonight's national championship game? 10 being you're jumping out of your skin, 1 being I couldn't care less. Where are you? I'm really high. I, I'm, you know, in the 8, 9, 10 range. I mean, you know, it's uh, these are... Uh, the two show, two of the showcase programs in college football. I mean, from the two signature conferences, uh, Ohio State and Alabama, going head to head, and in a game that should uh, promise to have a lot of uh, scoring and mm-hmm. a lot of big plays, a lot of really great players. So I, I think I'm pretty excited for this game. You and I, you, we're, we're, all three of us are in the same boat. But the mm-hmm. la- it seems, to, Doc, do you get the sense the lack of buzz around it? Maybe it's just me. on where you live. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think this is a, you know, the, the thing is, this is the problem that college football is going to face a little bit is that it, it's coming off the, uh, a big NFL weekend, yeah. you know, big wild card weekend. So it kind of gets pushed a little bit to the back. I, I almost think at this point, maybe it'd be wiser if they moved it to say Thursday instead of having it on Monday, mm-hmm. because then it allows it to kind of separate itself and become a little bit of a bigger story because, you know, after they expand a wild card weekend and include six games, mm-hmm. you're kind of now going, oh yeah. And by the way, this is the national title game, and uh, even though it's it's it is a big deal, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's kind of weird that a national championship for both basketball and football are played on Mondays. You think right. that you yeah. know that maybe be something where they move it to a Sunday? But alas, here we are. Hey, Doc, with that, Ohio State they're an underdog here. We don't know injury wise exactly where this team is, but. For the Big Ten as a whole, they have the national championship with the Buckeyes after the 2014 year, but what this does for the league, or is this something that ultimately only really matters to Ohio State if they do win the national championship tonight? <laughs> I think right now this is all about Ohio State. Yeah. Um, they, they, Ohio State has clearly separated itself from the rest of the Big Ten. It is the signature program in that league, and uh, very few other teams can measure up i mean wisconsin and penn state are probably next after that and neither one of them made the playoff i mean i think michigan state's the only one that has and they got obliterated yeah. in the year that they made it so this is a this is about the big 10 because ohio state is a member but this is sick you know signaturely just the the ohio state's year and uh, you know what what this does for everybody else is it allows them to kind of beat their chest a little bit you know the way the SEC does about how great they are when it's strictly an Alabama thing but uh, in the Big Ten's case there is a lot of separation there and until Penn State and Michigan or Wisconsin or even Iowa kind of gets up into that upper echelon it, it's still going to be that way. Uh, Doc last week when you joined us you uh, let us know some of the content that you'd be putting out at the Athletic you had a very busy week uh, and uh, all of your uh, subscribers or the subscribers that click on Scott Dockerman's pieces are grateful for it. Uh, the depth chart in a second the mailbag was good as well but you talked uh, last week uh, with Trent and I about Potential changes to the Big Ten schedule that you know, just because you see Indiana right now is the first opponent, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's not going to be tweaks to this thing. What did you find out uh, about the Big Ten schedule you can share with our audience when it comes to 2021? Yeah, there are going to be changes made, and uh, you know, you've got a couple of reasons for that. One is that the primary reason is that in two, the 2020 schedule, they flipped around three different series. Uh, so uh, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Purdue, and, and, a, and a you know six, 
six of them in total, all played home and home at the same location two consecutive years, one of which is Michigan State at Michigan. They are not going to have them play three straight years at the same location. And then if you look at the schedule, there's no way you can allow that to happen in the current layout. Um, you know, Nebraska, I believe, has six home games over a seven-week period. If you do that, Michigan State will have four straight road games if you do that. Mm. So they're going to have to redo the entire schedule that way. The other thing is they're going to have to incorporate or at least consider incorporating the 2020 games that got cut off uh, because they went to an eight-game schedule rather than the nine. And, uh, you know, a couple of those series matter. Um, Ohio State and Iowa, for instance, being provincial. Uh, they've only played in Columbus twice in 2005. Uh, Purdue at Michigan, they haven't played. Purdue hasn't played at Ann Arbor, which isn't that far away, you know, geographically, since 2011. And Indiana, Illinois, which used to be uh, annual rivals back in the 11-team uh, stage, uh will not have played in Bloomington from 2013 through at least 2026 with the current configuration. So they're going to have to retool all of that. And they haven't done it yet because they had to be con- they had to concentrate on the Olympic schedules, getting those out. But those conversations are slated to start sometime this month. And, uh, you know, a byproduct of, of some of those will be, I would anticipate, Iowa and Nebraska probably going back to Black Friday um, because both school certainly nebraska wants that and then um i'm interested to see what happened with zero week uh you know nebraska and illinois are slated to play in ireland i don't think that's going to happen but if you're the big 10 you want to keep as many zero week games as you can because you get an extra week's worth of revenue um, on some of the major networks Doc, we saw the SEC, of course, go to 10 conference games this year, an expansion from the ACC, though they shuffled it at the end for Notre Dame and Clemson. A lot of different uh, moving parts there. What do you think is more realistic to happen? The three conferences that play nine conference games, the Big Ten, Big 12, and Pac-12, moving down to eight, or the ACC and SEC going to nine? When you talk to your brethren outside of the Big Ten footprint, what do you think is more likely to happen to try to get everybody on the even playing surface? I don't know that they ever will be on because they act like five different kingdoms. They're going to probably have to get a college football star in order to boost mm-hmm. everybody to the same level. And, and really, I think it's more of a matter of can they convince everybody to play 10 Power 5 opponents? If they can, then they'll be okay. But the, you know, the, the question is, I think if you really on what you're looking for, I think it's probably more likely to go to eight. Because um, the, the Big Ten is probably is looking at this a little bit that it's been stuck. Uh, you know, some of these Ohio State years where you know they've lost four total games since they went to geographical division, two of which against the West and Purdue and Iowa, and those games cost them a chance to be in the playoff. So, if, if anything, if you'd rather have a, a game against a max goal or, or play a West division team, if that's going to cost you, and so I, I think that's probably more likely, but. You know, one other thing that I, I threw out there, it's more of an idea, but it has gotten some discussion from people, is just eliminating the divisions altogether. Mm-hmm. And if you do that at the Big Ten level, the smartest thing with a 14-team league is everybody pick three uh, de- you know, designated rivals for each year, and then you rotate the other ten two years on, two years off. And then you go to eight. And then there's the potential also for incorporating that Champions Week to where, you know, if, you, if they expand the playoff, you're not – force it in other teams to play a 16th game rather than a 15th game. So 
Uh, there's a lot to discuss there. I think I'm sure they'll go through it all. I know the the Champions Week philosophy was really interesting yep. to a lot of people. I think it was well received. If it can actually work, so I wouldn't be surprised if that goes through because you get some high quality games that way. Hmm. So Iowa's would be Minnesota, Nebraska, Wisconsin. I would hope, right? Yeah, I, I would anticipate that. I, I I don't think there's any way out of that one. I mean, it, it's interesting for teams like Nebraska. You know, I, I assume Iowa would be in it, and mm-hmm. they probably want other teams. But if you're Wisconsin, who do you want? I mean, you want Iowa and you want Minnesota, but is Nebraska more important to mm. you historically than a Michigan State or Northwestern? Northwestern, I mean, Northwestern's yeah. only two hours away. Right. So. That's that's what's fascinating. Uh, interesting. Scott Dockerman is our guest from the Athletic. Another one of your pieces, Doc. You took your first stab at the uh, the depth chart for 2021. You know when I when I read your piece, um, as I'm you know letting it all sink in, does it seem like this might be the year? Where defensive line depth catches up with Iowa, we've always thought that you know that this is going to be a topic this coming season. Flip the calendar; this is going to be, a, but it hadn't been. Might this be the year, Doc, that the uh, that the depth chart catches up with the defensive line? Very much so, and I would say as things sit right this very second, it would be a very big concern because even coming into this most recent year. You know, Chauncey uh, Golson has been a valuable member for a couple of years, and Davion Dixon had been, and then they were able to kind of make it work with a couple of other players. And, uh, you know, Zach Brown Balkenberg came out of nowhere. Uh, this is a year where you're, they're going to have to hit the, the transfer portal, or they're going to have to accelerate the pace of some of their younger players, who I think have a lot of talent. I think, you know, YA Black, I think Logan Jones, and, and, um, and Deontay Craig, but all will be very good players, but I'm not sure it's this year. So they've kind of got this gap year in some ways, and I think they're going to have to utilize the transfer portal, which really wasn't available to them, you know, 10 years ago when they had this kind of issue before. So, uh, you know, they're losing three-plus starters for the third straight year. I think you're right that this is the time when it can catch up with them, which means they're going to probably have to be a little bit aggressive in the, in the transfer portal, and they have not – Shied away from that, uh, but I think they they might have to uh, you know really stretch their legs and probably get two guys. If they can get two guys, uh, then I think they'll be okay. But if not, you know that's a tough schedule. I mean, you know, they have a conference schedule playing a team like uh, Iowa State, of course, and Indiana right off the bat. If that sticks, uh, you know, there's there's some tough games there. Scott Dockerman joining us from The Athletic. Doc, let's jump over to some basketball. Another victory for the Hawks. This one against Minnesota at home. But I think the question starts to become bigger and bigger with this squad. You look at the schedule here the next few weeks, even with Michigan State on the docket next. This is a very manageable schedule before they get into the back half of things. Where this team is positioned right now, and do you think they're in a good position to win that first regular season title since 79? That's that's a tough question because I'm not sure about Michigan yet. Yeah. I mean, Michigan's still leading the league and they look really good. Can they maintain that pace, or are they going to slump off? And and having an unbalanced schedule really kind of makes that a, more of a challenge than yep. the normal. I would say Iowa's still going to lose a couple of games. I mean, they're not going to go 19 and one, uh, you know. But how does Michigan do it as well? I think that's critical. And then you can throw the other teams in there too. Um, I was surprised to see Illinois lose yesterday. Mm-hmm. But when you look at you know some of these t- games, I think they've got a manageable stretch here over the next four. Michigan State, it's more about how they respond to the way Michigan State plays 
because I think they're the better team. I don't think it's even close mm-hmm. right now. Uh, but still, um, how do you, how does Iowa respond to that kind of physical play, uh, that tenacious, tough defense? You know they're a team that's kind of, um, you know, they're they're on the border. They know that they're struggling, and they need to get better, and they know they can usually do that against Iowa because they're, they're, you know, 19-3 and against the Hawkeyes since 2008. Uh, but so that's to me what's big. I think Iowa can go to Northwestern and win. I know Iowa could beat North Nebraska and probably Indiana at home as well. It's just a matter of you know can they match that level of play that Michigan State likes to to do? Can they overcome it? If they can, then I think that that puts another notch on their belt because as you mentioned, the back half of the schedule is much more challenging. And uh, you know once they get through that, then we'll be able to know if, if they go something like sixteen and four and finish second. That's nothing to sneeze at. That's mm. a pretty good season. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, Joe Wieskamp's best game since maybe Gonzaga Doc yesterday. He uh, he looked really good. Uh, that hadn't been the case, but um, he bounced back in a big way yesterday. I thought he played very well. Yeah, that that was a terrific game for him. I mean, going seven to nine for the field and three for three for three. Uh, just a you know an all around solid you know game where he can he really hit shots and. Every time that the Gophers seemed to kind of collapse around Luca Garza and make things challenging for him, you know, Wieskamp would come up with a big shot. And of course, to me, the the, the name, the uh, you know, Garza scores thirty three, and it's a huge deal. But it's almost like, yeah, we already see that. Right. But I think to me, <laughs> you know, what Bohannon did was yeah. just unbelievable. Nineteen, you know, fourteen assists with no turnovers mm-hmm. in twenty one minutes and seven rebounds. I mean, that is just. That's as good of a game as you'll ever have for any point guard in, in Iowa history. So to have those three kind of step forward like that, and uh, and and they had critical junctures there. I mean, Minnesota was taking charges at different times, and they were able to, to settle down, play decent when they needed to, and and come through with a big win and one that they really needed. Doc, uh, one more on the football front. Sorry to go back and forth with you, but popped into my head from my notes, and it's about the strength and conditioning coach. Uh, when is a final decision? Will Braithwaite get the job full time? When do you anticipate that's going to come down? And because he's in an interim basis still right now, is that correct? Yeah, that is correct, and uh, that is an interesting question. We've got a lot of off-season stuff we want to know a little bit more about. Right. That's not. I think right now, you know, from what I've gathered is that uh, Kirk is kind of holding everybody off at bay uh, just until he gets a lot of the word on the, the, the all the players. Uh, there's a few that still have outstanding decisions to make, uh, Matt Hankins and mm-hmm. Coy Cronk being the most prominent. So I think once all those decisions are made, it, you know, that maybe we'll get a little bit more clarification on, on that. And I think that's a, that's a really big move as you mentioned Trent because late this month is when all the workouts start um, and you know do you want to disrupt it now do you want to hire somebody now or do you want to just give Braithwaite the full conditioning period and then you know make a final decision in the spring I, I think those are healthy questions we need to ask Kirk uh, next time we get a chance. Doc what are you working on this week that you'd like to share or uh, do you have any what what are you planning at the athletic? You know, I'm going to get dip a little bit more into the recruiting angles of things. I mean, I think there's some pretty good players coming in, and and likewise, uh, you know, I will be doing a little bit of basketball midweek, and and then uh, you know, in ten or fifteen minutes or so, we'll know the, the next Hall of Fame class for college football, and I, Iowa has three players on the docket. I kind of think one gets in, so 
Um, you know, so I've been kind of working on those angles right now. Who are the three, Doc? Uh, Jared DeVries, Andre Tippett, yep. and uh, and Robert Gallery. So they're all very worthy. <laughs> uh, I, I think Tippett's, it's, it's a bit of a surprise that Tippett hasn't been in, in the Hall of Fame yet. And I, I think this might be his year. It's good stuff, Scott Docterman. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy the championship uh, week tonight. We'll look forward to reading your stuff, as we always do at The Athletic. Thanks, Doc. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Good to talk to you. Food insecurity is not new to Iowa. Before COVID, one in 10 Iowans was uncertain of their next meal, and 70% of those folks had to decide between food and utilities. Food insecurity is double today, triple for households with children. Heat or eat, that's the decision. To get help, you can uh, visit foodbankofiowa.org. Foodbankofiowa.org. To get help, or if you can help out, foodbankofiowa.org. Back to wrap up hour number one, Miller and Condon, with you until noon on 1460 KXNO and 101. Hi, Miller and Condon, five minutes before the hour of 11. Just a quick segment here. Coming up in hour number two, we'll get to. Alabama Bob will join us for the penultimate, jeez, I hate this time of year, visit with Bama. We'll recap tomorrow, and then we'll tell him that we'll come up with some topics to talk college football with, and we never get around to it. Yeah, we'll find some time. There's college basketball going <laughs> no, on. No, look at I'm not complaining. We I, have an I undefeated just, Drake team. Yeah. We got an Iowa team oh, ranked you know in the top five. That was, that was kind of a blow, right? That, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, at it's uh, it's pandemic. But um, to have both, uh, so they canceled two series, four yeah. games, right? Yeah. Not canceled, postponed, uh, at least for the time being. Playing so darn well, um, and they're not supposed to get back onto the floor till when? Do you know exactly? Well, it'd be uh, it, uh, there was post play yesterday and then tonight, and then they got weekend games. Yeah, geez. Well, we'll see. Uh, I don't know how many the, the numbers were, but... Uh, Their next scheduled game is Thursday, January 21st against you and I. That's a long stretch. And that's only a standalone game, right? Because the UNI mm-hmm. games are one of the few yep. that aren't back-to-backers because of the proximity. Um, yeah, disappointing um, circumstances around Drake playing so darn well, and there was starting to be a little bit of buzz about that basketball team here. Des Moines team off to an unbeaten start, uh, but had to... Um, Call a halt to that. Uh, what else this week? Well, of course, I'm, I'm assuming that you've already starting to do a little prep. It is the uh, start of the NHL season. We'll do a. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you got for us? <laughs> oh, I thought we'd do a couple hours on the. A NHL. couple hours? Well, maybe not. That's, That's too much. I could have taken a day off, and you could have done that. <laughs> no, look at uh, with the uh, the AHL team starting. February 6th. You know what? We'll get Joe O'Donnell in here at some point yeah. this week just to uh, get his thoughts. Um, the Minnesota Wild kind of got a little bit. I haven't seen the. Uh, they got shipped out west to the Western Division. So there's a lot of West Coast for, uh, drop the puck at 9, 930. Right. Which is an ultimate time for those folks that uh, follow the NHL club. But uh, uh, the AHL team starts, I want to say, February the 6th. We'll have Joe O'Donnell in here to catch up on the Wild. Yeah, the Wolves, we had talked about it earlier in the week. It became official on Friday mm-hmm. that they will be part of that bubble format down in Orlando. And it will be at Disney down there. And uh, saw that our friends John McDermott still going to be on the call from back here. For the Wolves games. Oh, is that right? He'll still be doing the play-by-play. 
And uh, yeah, that still be happening there. So good to see him and Tony and Zenny will yep. still be on the call and so at least a little they, local. Where will they do it from? Will they come I, in I don't here? know if it's here, if it's at the arena. You know, they have some setup. I don't know where, but I just know they will be on the broadcast for some games this well, year. Well, aren't Heft and Walters doing road basketball games from here? I know the West Virginia game, they're down in Texas, so they did it there. But I think they're in the building. In our building. I thought I heard that. Maybe I'm mistaken. Well, I know Bama Bob's next. And then Dave Sproul on Iowa State. Iowa State football program. Uh, boy, oh boy. A lot of good news if you're a Cyclone fan pursuant to the 2021 roster. Miller and Cotton, another hour to go. On Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.